Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, Cape Cod Times uh, weekly show covering all things high school sports on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman. And I'm Steve Dudarian. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, Matt, we're kind of reaching that midpoint, kind of mm-hmm. critical juncture in the season. You know, we're not in October yet, but a lot of teams really starting to carve out you know, who they are and, and where they're going to go this year. And I think now we're starting to get a better picture with league contests starting, like how the postseason and other matchups are going to shape up here. Absolutely. You know, this is Monday. This is uh, September 24th. It's basically the last week of September. This is our fifth episode, and we are about to enter week four of the high school football regular season. It's not really the halfway point because everybody plays 10 or 11 games, but it basically is because... The regular, regular season. Yeah, the last (laughs) three weeks are either playoff games or they're non-playoff games. So really we're at the midpoint of the high school season, the part of it that is really like important. And yeah, we've got some really big league matches coming up uh, this weekend. I know most importantly off the top, I wanted to talk about Mashpee Abington's, the matchup of three and O teams. And basically mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, this has decided who's going to win division seven South. And I mean, once we saw the schedule come up for Mashpee, we knew they had a hard grind. Their first four games on the road culminating with Abington, perhaps yep. their biggest regular season game of the year. Mm-hmm. That'll be a 7 PM kickoff Friday. You know, and I kind of wrote this down. Real season really begins for Mashpee. I mean, they really yeah. rolled over their first three opponents. I mean, Which we talk- kind of expect. I mean, I think we expected out of the South Hadley one and maybe a little bit of uh, Coil. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nantucket was obviously their opener. Big, you know, kind of matchup right off the bat. For sure. But, you know, th- this defense has been unbelievable. Their starting defense really hasn't allowed a point. Mm-hmm. Their backup defense, I think, allowed a touchdown against Nantucket. But other than that, you've seen just an outstanding performance across the board from that Mashpee defense, which we really thought might take a step back, you know, with that line being kind of reshaped and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I knew Xavier Gonzalez would do what he was going right. to do, and he's been of just as good this year, you know. Right. And you look at that offense, you know, Devon Ford has been unbelievable. Uh, six touchdowns this year, five mm-hmm. of them rushing. Uh, Cam Kurgo is his run and caught for touchdowns. Yep. And Xavier Gonzalez has had a touchdown in every game, has four TD catches mm-hmm. this year. You know, and really, that's a little different from last year when he yeah, wasn't quite used that way on offense. A lot more in the passing game, and um, it, it's really a huge weapon if you can have your tight end. It's like that Gronkowski effect. Absolutely. You really have to start dedicating extra defenders, and that opens up space for Kurgo to get single coverage or for Ford to just be wide open Definitely. and get one-on-one. And really, that makes life so much easier for Ian Miller as a quarterback. Who, who clearly is, I mean, he's really proving each week that he is the next good quarterback in the line of Nick Carpenter and Jacob Johnston. You know, he's the next guy, and they can really use him, and he's got an arm, and he can find right. these guys. But this is going to be a great matchup with Abington. You know, their quarterback, Christian Labossier, Labossier, mm. I can never Probably tell those French names. <laughs> Um, he's a senior quarterback, really experienced, and obviously he has a bad taste in his mouth from losing to Abington, not only last year in the match, in the final match, but the regular season that decided the D7 South title, mm-hmm. but also the D7 South title game. Yep. Um, it, they, you know, Abington lost in Mashpee both of those games, so certainly that game's fresh in their minds. You know, they have Will Klein, who had three touchdowns apiece in each of his last two games, mm-hmm. been really impressive, and he only had seven touches last week and still ran for three scores. So that yeah. tells you, you know. He's a big play guy, and obviously Mashpee's going to be keying in on him, mm-hmm. try to keep him contained the best they can. When they faced off in the D7 in the South Final, that was like the coldest day of ever. <laughs> Not ever, because we then got that winter that was horrible. But right. I, I, re- I remember being at that game, and just everybody was frozen, so there was very little scoring. Everybody was a little bit sluggish, and I, I'm betting every tackle hurt a little bit more. So mm-hmm. 
I suspect with this game, there'll be some higher scoring. There'll be some more dynamic uh, football that we see. But yeah, this this is the two-week crush for Mashpee. It's this, and then they are home next week against Cohasset, who is also very, very good this year. They were you know, ranked among the top teams in, in uh, their division as recently as I think last week. So right. they get through that. Then they've got Hall, who they should handle, right. and and then they got to go to St. Mary's of Lynn. That's a rematch of the excuse me. That's a rematch of the D7 semifinal. I yeah, that's correct. Year, right? But that game, I mean, that game matters, but it doesn't matter that it's much. Not a division so it, it's really yeah. these two weeks. They win these, they're in really good shape to be the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talked about their defense. They have, the starting defense hasn't given up too many points. I do expect that to end, if not yeah. this week, then next week. <laughs> I, I mean, if Mash, like I said before the show, if Mashby somehow shuts out that team. Mm-hmm. Might as well just hand him the D7 South title and Pretty much. let's see who let's see who else the rest of the state has. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, again, you mentioned Xavier Gonzalez can really wreak havoc on that defensive line and other teams. I just really haven't had an answer. But again, Abington's seen this team, you know, a mm-hmm. few times now. They're itching to get back out there and beat them. So I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Gonzalez is a little less effective in this game because I'm sure Abington's going to dedicate a whole bunch of schemes to kind of keep him limited on the defensive side. Definitely. You know, and among the other games, we don't have as many league games this week. A lot of teams are, are kind of playing their last non-league opponent before right. <clears throat> uh, before they start, like, the crush of their games. Barnstable, for instance, is home Friday against New Bedford. Barnstable is 1-2. New Bedford is 0-3. So you'd like to think Barnstable can, can maybe take care of business here. But... Barnstable has really not gone kind of in the in the right direction since they won their mm-hmm. opener against Dennis Yarmouth. You know, we saw really great play out of Matt Pietrkuski, which is we we expected. He's the quarterback. He found Connor Baldessaro last week for uh, Paris scores. But what they're really kind of lacking, I think, is a really good running back mm-hmm. to complement the passing game. You know. We're waiting to see more from, like, say, somebody like Brian uh, Free or somebody right. like that who can really kind of give that second option. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you kind of saw this with DY, which we'll talk about maybe a little bit later, but mm-hmm. like, still really trying to find a true running game. And you mentioned it's getting colder. That's going to be a lot more important. You know, it's kind of easy to throw the ball now when it's, you know, 50, 60 degrees at night. Mm-hmm. When that temperature dips into the 30s and 40s, you're going to need someone to play some power football. Sure. And, you know, really be able to, to grind down yardage and run time off the clock as you need it. I mean, uh, Free is a good back. You know, he's made plays before. I've 74 yards, 75 yards against uh, Bar- up against D.Y. in week one. So. Right. So, I mean, um, you know, obviously teams are going to be keen on Baltasaro, who's been outstanding. We don't want to take anything away from him. But, mm-hmm. again, right, it's going to be the other guys, Matt Turner, the Colby Burks of the world, that you're going to have to start making other plays as well. And I think they've been able to move the ball down the field, but it's finishing drives yeah. and, and not stalling drives out at the 20, 30 yard line, which ended up kind of costing Barnstable the other day, you know, active box, bro. You know, they came in undefeated. There's a senior laden team, mm-hmm. but that's a team Barnstable beat last year. And I think should have been able to go on the road and, and defeat. So that puts, you know, the red Raiders in a tough spot here and, and they're going to really need to turn it around against new Bedford team, which they won this game last year, 38 to eight. I mean, so. it was not, you know, uh, uh, a given, you know, they have big play potential. Three-year starting quarterback, True Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, two-year starting wide right receiver, Baron Hilton. Those guys can make big sure. plays. A senior running back, Latrell Canto, who's actually a transfer from Durfee. Um, you know, the, all those guys can make plays. And, and Barnstable's defense, I think, has been pretty good. You know, yeah. for the most part, it's held. You know, yeah, the the game they played week two, Braintree, was an exception. You know, <laughs> some yeah. great playmakers on that team. But other than that, you know, they've been in 
they've been in games this year, and and I think their defense, you know, guys like Craig Coombs, Osman Rodriguez, Joe Yamokas, who mm-hmm. we're, we're you know pretty big on, can make plays in the defensive line. And I think if they can do that at home this weekend, um, I think Barnesville can kind of right the ship. And I think they should be able to do that against New Bedford because New Bedford's offense has not really been all that right. strong this year. They've only scored. 26 points in their three right. first three games. You know, they only scored six in their first two, and then fight, and then got 14 against Bridgewater Raynham. So, you know, if Barnstable's defense, if guys like Coombs and Rodriguez can get it going, you would think Barnstable would be able to score right. three or four touchdowns um, and put this one away and get their second win. But I do find it interesting that Barnstable and DY have kind of gone in opposite directions mm-hmm. since that first game. DY is home against Pembroke on Friday. Uh, it's a 6 p.m. game. Pembroke is 0-3. We think DY, who is 2-1 and and has won two in a row, you got to figure they can win that. But what I find interesting is, so DY, they've outscored opponents 74-28 over their three matches, over their last two, excuse me, right. whereas Barnstable has been outscored 75-41. We were talking about Barnstable's lack of a running game. Well, DY has started to really develop theirs, and I think that's been a key for them. You know, you look at this last game against Nosset, Darian Thompson, who did not have a good game against Barnstable in week one, but he rushed for 74 yards uh, against Nosset, mm-hmm. and that was a good complement, a good balance right. with Peyton Doyle, who threw for, I think, like 240 yards. Right. And that's kind of what they need is that balance. I think this was their DY's best, most balanced game was in week three, and I think that's a good sign for them moving forward as they look to build a little momentum for their Week 5 match at Falmouth, which I think we right. agree is probably going to decide the Atlantic Coast League. Well, I'd argue Week 2 was they were pretty balanced. I mean, I mean, against it, was a Jeffrey Jamiel, it was a Jeffrey Jamiel show the other night against right. Nossett. I mean, four for touchdown sure. catches is, is pretty impressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, Nossett just couldn't cover him. And, you know, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, we knew coming in last year a valuable role that he played in that oh, offense. Yeah. Um, but obviously teams are going to be, you know, committing at least – Two guys, I mm-hmm. think, or somebody at least shadowing over the top to Jamie because there's no way if you're Pembroke you can allow him to make big plays. Definitely. And at the same time, you still have to contain Peyton Doyle, which hasn't been easy. Nope. Because, again, he's a running back, and he has no, I'm sure as you've seen, he has no problem putting his shoulder down and, and running no, over defenders either. <laughs> he's very happy running the ball. And he does still have, even if you double up Jamie, he's got Jaquan Phillips, he's got Darian right. Thompson, he's got other guys that he can find and who can get right. open for him. Has D.Y., because I haven't been to any of their games, have they put anybody else under center this year besides Doyle? I'm curious because, you know, when you have a running back, or, or excuse me, a quarterback that runs that much, you always have to be weary of yeah. injury and make sure that mm. doesn't happen. I wasn't at last week's game. Right. I'm pretty sure he stayed in the Auburn game. Right. If not all the way to the end, then pretty right. deep in the game. I'm only asking because obviously we know their backup last year, Paulina. He's transferred him since transferred to Montemoy. Yeah. So, I, it's, again, it's an interesting scenario and um, obviously something, you know, you never hope for injuries, but obviously if you're Coach Paul Funk, you have to be ready and you have to make your play calls accordingly. But, uh, yeah, again, Pembroke you know, hasn't been real competitive in any of its games. I'd be real surprised if they could pull off the upset. Yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll be fine. I think D.Y. will be fine. You know, the other... Couple of big games we wanted to mention. We won't go deep on all of them, but Bourne at Martha's Vineyard on Friday is a pretty interesting looking game. Bourne is two and one, coming off a loss to Case, where I think Case was probably the better team, but not yeah. by that much. And mm-hmm. Bourne had a player get hurt, uh, and then the Vineyard, you know, one and two, and they have not looked as good as they did against Atlantis Charter. But I think maybe everybody <laughs> looks looks a little bit better than they are against. Um, 
Atlanta's well, charter. Well, the, the Vineyard did look good against West Bridgewater. You know, they had a great first half. You know, mm-hmm. they were up two scores until the last play of the uh, first half. They gave up a touchdown as time expired, so that kind of you know broke them a little bit. And right. then West Bridgewater really took over after that. You know, this is a team that's gotten good play from Tristan Scheller. You know, on the ground game. And Ivan Shepard also under center has been able to run in a couple, you know, scores this year as well. So the offense was strong. That defense wasn't able to hold. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's going to be the real key against Bourne, which the offense looks pretty good. I yep. mean, um, Spencer Rose you know, and James Cahoon, with the connection to Cahoon a- there, yeah, has been great. But, you know, I think if Bourne's going to win this game, they got to get their run game going. Guys with a guy like Josh Gonzalez, who, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a good running back. It's just, I think in weeks, is kind of, they faded away and Bourne's had to go pass first in a lot of situations. Definitely. I think if they can mix in that run pass a little bit, um, Bourne should be able to take care of business in this one. I think they are the better team, especially up front with those linemen. Yeah. And so, um, but a, a test, it's never easy going to the islands. It kind of throws you off your rhythm a little bit. But um, if I remember right, I believe this is one of the games that Bourne did win last year. And I think um, so. I'd be surprised if, if the Canalman couldn't take care of business. This yeah, year. I, th- I think they should be okay. Uh, the other game uh, that we wanted to go into a little bit is on Saturday. We've got the uh, the All Voke game, basically Upper Cape at Cape Tech. This is actually a kind of a preview of the Thanksgiving Day game as well. Right. You know, Upper Cape two and one. They've won their last two games, uh, and Cape Tech one and two. Uh, but they are coming off a really nice win against Old Colony mm-hmm. where they were definitely not the favorite to win that game. So both teams riding some momentum and uh, interesting to see sort of who can come out on top in this one. Yeah, I mean, I really like the direction Upper Cape's going in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really shook off that week one loss to Bourne and coming back with an ast- <laughs> really an astounding win against Southeastern, a yeah. big physical team in the last play of the game, plus a two-point conversion. Yep. They turn around this week and beat... Um, uh, South Shore Vogue. Yep. Great play from John Jazari Salim, who really yep. makes up for his lack of height with just his athleticism. He's a really mm-hmm. tough guy to tackle, you know, in the open field. And Thomas Sign, as we mentioned, each week seems to be going more and more comfortable under center. And that's a credit to the offensive line for giving him time to throw and make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Upper Cape is, you know, favored in this one, should be able to go up against their Thanksgiving rival. But, I mean, you look at Cape Tech, you know, <laughs> what a great play by, you know, Juan Camillo. Camillo. Yeah. You know, circus style catch. We weren't there to see it, but you know, Chris Leonard described it as a Willie Mays style catch. So, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to make a play like that and a big play, something tells me whoever can make a big play like that, you know, this Saturday is going to be the winner of this game. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on uh, Trevor Castilius either from Cape Tech. He's right. also played really well. He's a two-way guy. He can play on the line, but also make catches. And, yeah, and, and catch. I think he's got at least one score this year. So, right. You know, if he can get going, uh, that's an another weapon that Upper Cape is going to need to find a way to contain. I'd expect a real big old style football game with yeah, this, a, lot know, a lot of runs. Out. Yeah, see who can get better field position. I agree. Um, it's kind of a relic in a way. You don't see a lot of games like that nowadays. Right. You know, in the in the ever where people are going to you know spread and mm-hmm. you know having court you know under center shotgun all that stuff. You really get to see a little bit of old school football when these two teams get to play. Definitely, we'll run. I'll run through the other matchups real quick. Um, so on Friday we've got Holbrook Avon is at Monomoy. Monomoy is coming off a tough overtime loss to Blue Hills. I, you know, Nantucket beat up Holbrook Avon pretty well last week. It was a twenty-seven-eight final. So I, Mo, this seems like a very winnable game for Monomoy. Right. Um, you know, we've got Falmouth two and zero at Sandwich Owen two on Friday at seven p.m. I think the ACL is really going to come down to that October 5 game between DY and Falmouth. Right. You know, both teams have 
injured quarterbacks that are playing while still rehabbing. Mm-hmm. Falmouth's Kyle Connolly uh, is nursing an ankle injury that he still right. is 100% sandwich. Cam Lopes, obviously. Uh, Falmouth, I think, just has way more weapons yeah. that they can go to. Obviously, Jake Murphy uh, is the the obvi- you know the one that really jumps out to me. Yeah, I mean, in this game, you know, if if Connolly can, if Falmouth can get a couple scores up ahead and get a lead early, I think you get Connolly out of there, you get him rested up, and you have Murphy and other guys run yeah. the offense. Yeah, maybe move Cam Rowell to. Yeah, and that's not a given. You know, he's still going to go out and play. You know, Sandwich isn't going to back down. That defense has actually probably maybe been their kind of lone bright point this mm-hmm. year for Sandwich. You know, they've kept teams relatively speaking limited, but this is obviously their toughest test of the year. Definitely. You know, going up against that triple option offense and. Um, yeah, again, if Falmouth can open up an early league kind of like they did against Marshfield, mm-hmm. I think you get Connolly out of the game because if you're going to have a run, you're going to need him healthy, especially Definitely. against DY. So uh, that would be my look at it if you're, you know, your coach Derek Almeida. Speaking of running uh, the run game, so we got Marshfield 0-3 at Nosset 1-2 on Friday at 7 p.m. That game I do think could come down to running backs. Marshfield's lone bright spot last week I thought was Robert Vialisi, their mm-hmm. running back. Ethan Couples, their quarterback, played okay, but also looked – he had sometimes struggled to really keep the offense organized. There were a couple of plays where he ran into somebody or somebody ran into him, and it led to tackles behind the line. Vialisi, if he can get going, Marshfield is you know capable of scoring. With Nossett – Mac Labarge, I think, has been their best offensive player so right. far. He's coming off a game where he rushed for 119 yards against D.Y. And Jacob Murphy with Falmouth and Kyle Connolly, they beat Marshfield by running it up the middle. So right. if uh, Labarge can do the same thing, Nossett has a chance to to beat Marshfield for sure, which hasn't happened in a, in a long time. Well, it's a much different kind of attack, too, when you look at Falmouth's triple option versus, oh, you know, sure. Nossett, you probably get a lot of single back and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, I would, I mean, if you're Marshfield, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just kind of shooting the gaps, and, you know, kind of like we saw BVT do against Mashpee in, mm-hmm. the, in the Super Bowl because if they let Labarge run wild, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a good night for Marshfield. But I think Marshfield, you know, they're 0-3. I think they're pretty much looking at it as if we don't win this game, you know, we're, we're in some really we're in some trouble, real yeah. trouble, and they are in trouble right now at zero and three. Yeah, I mean their first two matchups were against you know some really BC highly high competition. And, uh, women Hanson, I think. right? But I mean to not to show up against Falmouth and not really even show up well against Falmouth. Yeah, they. I think that was a, maybe a wake up call to say, hey, we got to get our stuff together. But you know, we just hope for a good game for Nosset and. Uh, you know that this one could be close. Definitely, I think you'll see a real bit of a reemergence of Tate Sidewan too. You know, mm-hmm. kind of limited against uh, against Dy, and you know, if you set up the run and Nas, it's Bobby Joy is able to kind of roll out, set up some play action, and beat him over the top. Yeah, that's that could be a winning recipe for Nasset. Sure. We've got St. John Paul at Matinon St. Joseph Prep. Uh, that's a 3-0 Lions versus Matinon SJP, which is 2-1. That's mm-hmm. at 7 on Friday. This is, I think, the last challenge the Lions should have before, uh, if they want to win the Catholic Central Small. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt and on St. Joseph Prep, they are much better than last year when they started right. off 0 6. But, you know, I, they've already beat, Lions have already beaten Cathedral. Marion is, they close, so they're not in the league anymore. So it's basically this right. game in Lowell Catholic, uh, and Lowell Catholic is not as good as these guys. So if, you know, Darren Katzif and the Lion and Mike Sakovich and the Lions can get it going, I think this is their last test. Right. 
Yeah, and it's a fortune. You know, we saw St. John Paul. They have played Sandwich. They did play the, the Vineyard. So, I mean, you like to see them play some more Cape schools because, mm-hmm. I mean, they really do run roughshod over this Catholic, you know, at least in recent years. Yep. So, um, yeah, Cats, a great performance. Not only the three rushing touchdowns, had a scoop and score. Mm-hmm. Two, one of two scoop and scores to the Lions this past week. So that defense, you got to give them just as much credit. You know, Matt Marshall working that defense over there has done an absolutely phenomenal job. Definitely. And, you know, and you look at Division Eight. unfortunately, it's always just come down to a meeting with um, with that Millis squad over there. And yeah, I wouldn't Millis. be surprised if that, you know, came to a head again this year. There's a very high chance of that. But a fun I, team to watch in the meantime, though, you know. For sure. You know, and then the last game, this is a Saturday game, Nantucket at West Bridgewater. West Bridgewater is 3-2. and two. Uh, Nantucket is 1-2, and two, I believe. No, West Bridgewater 3-3-0, three and three and oh, right? 3-0, and oh, yes. Yeah, I'm so sorry. they haven't played five games. <laughs> I, yeah, I got I, a lot of numbers on my, on my notes. <laughs> I apologize. Nantucket, you know, they are coming off that win over Holbrook-Avon. Uh in years past, this has been the, the Mayflower Athletic Conference uh, championship game, basically. Right. I'm not totally sure it, it's going to wind up being that this year. I think West Bridgewater is uh, – I think they're very strong and in contention. Nantucket, mm-hmm. Darian Duarte got hurt and his availability. I checked with uh, Coach Joe Perry. It's not known yet, but he's getting an MRI, which is not a, a great not a sign. Good sign, yeah. Um, so – I don't know about this one. I, I think West Bridgewater is probably the favorite in this one yeah. at this point. I mean, it's an interesting measuring stick because, you know, Martha Vineyard just played West Bridgewater. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand if their quarterback is short, that affects it. But, you know, it it's kind of gives us a look, you know, how this Island Cup game might shape up, you know, late November because, you know, as, as you guys probably remember, you know, the Island Cup was canceled last year. It was a big disappointment. But the Vineyards kind of reemerged from yeah, that a little sure. bit. And I, I'll be curious to see how this game ends up because – Right now, if it's the Vineyard and Tucket, if we had to pick it tomorrow, I don't know. You, you might just be a, a 50-50 yeah, shot on that it's one. It's really a toss-up, which is kind of interesting because you know you never you don't like those games, right? When, seasons when one team is so much better than the other. That right. It's just because I mean, coming into the year, obviously we thought Nantucket, and we saw it this week. You know, you know, Trey Burton's and you know Devontae Usher. You mm-hmm. know, are are obviously great weapons, and I Gambaroni. think. Yeah, Gamber, Vic, you know, I forgot to mention him. Victor Gambaroni's been really strong, not just running the ball, but he's good out of the backfield, catching mm-hmm. the ball as well, too. So um, I think he can have another big game again, regardless of who's under center. Um, so we'll just see how they match up against West Bridgewater. It should be a close one, and if Nantucket can come up victorious in this one, I think that they're going to get back on the right path here. Definitely. So uh, that wraps it up for football. I thought maybe we'd turn it over to volleyball. Absolutely, we yeah. We've got a big game tonight, um, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so tonight, uh, Barnstable is hosting its Dig Yellow Night, um, which is uh, yellow is the um, the color most associated with uh, childhood cancer awareness. So most people know this. Uh, Olivia Brote was a senior captain on the 2014 team. She died from complications of cancer, unfortunately, in 2016. And later that year, they ran their first Dig Yellow Night where the Red Raiders wore yellow jerseys and they raised money for Barnstable family with a, that's been affected by childhood cancer. Uh, you know, Caroline Bro was a senior on last year's team. Craig Bro is still an assistant coach uh, for the Red Raiders. Uh, so this is always very much an emotional game for them. Uh, they are playing... Uh, Brockton, Brockton yeah, tonight. Yep. got crossed up for a That's second. Okay. You know, Brockton, which is who are a good team. They're a team uh, that Barnstable played in the South uh, playoffs last the open year. Playoff opener, I believe. Yeah, you know, but it's all. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't a close match. I think Barnstable handled them pretty pretty well. So I think 
they should be fine in this one. Yeah, obviously, you know, obviously an emotional night. Maybe a little less so since Carolyn's kind of graduated now. Yeah. I don't know if she'll be there tonight. I, I can imagine she'll make every effort to. But she might be busy playing. Uh, yeah. you know, with her own season, but. Um, but still a great, you know, tribute every year, and we'll talk a little bit about later about different, you know, tributes and stuff like that that have been happening across the Cape. But um, I don't want to make light of this, but it is a little interesting to see the yellow out there because when you get red and red out there, sometimes it's hard to tell who's who. A little bit, yeah. It does make it very easy to tell which team is right. Orange the Bulls. But I don't want to minimize. Obviously, this is no. more important than that, and you know, I believe because because Olivia played in college too, right? She played yeah, for Babson, Babson, right? Before she. She right, had to withdraw from that. the team. Yeah. And, and I believe she was actually planning to return to the team once she finished the first round of treatment right. and she could start strength training again. She did go back to the team for a little while anyway right. before, unfortunately, it, it came back. And But, right. you know, her number, they retired her number. Her The banner with her number is still, it's going to be up in that gym forever. Right. So her presence doesn't ever leave Barnstable Gymnasium. Right, um, but a great atmosphere is for any home game. You know, Barnstable brings a great crowd, but there's definitely be a big crowd there tonight and helping support something that you know we hope you know minimal people have to go through. So we were talking last night. There was a Barnstable family that does have somebody with a was it a similar diagnosis or was it childhood yeah, cancer or they didn't reveal who the family was last year. I think for privacy's sake, right. but they just said they'll they'll find a family in the Barnstable community that's been affected by this, and the money will help cover right. treatment and related expenses and things like that. So that's 5 p.m. tonight at at in Hyannis at Barnstable High School's gym. But on the volleyball side, I think really great past week for the Red Raiders. You know, mm-hmm. started off with a huge win over Newton North, yeah, sweeping you know the Tigers there in a matchup we thought you know would go down to the wire, but yeah, right. Barnstable really made a statement, I think, with that win. You know, Riley James had 21 kills, 19 digs, and Ingrid Murphy had 14 kills. When, you know, it, they went down pretty easily. You know, it was 25-15 and then 25-18, 25-18. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they went out, beat Dartmouth and Falmouth. No surprises there. Real key matchup, though, Wednesday. Barnstable's hosting Hoppington, which was the Division One state finalist last year. Yep. Um, Hoppington was the only team to take a set from Barnstable in the regular season mm-hmm. last year. Hoppington was in the dig. Um, what was the beginning of the season? The the, jam- the beginning of the season jamboree. Oh, the play day. The, the play Barstow. day. Thank you. I couldn't yeah. think of that for a second. So it's definitely a very strong program. Oh yeah, it is every year. I mean, uh, and um, kind of that big four, I guess you would call. You know, with you know, you say Newton North, Barnstable, Hoppington, and um, Central Catholic. Central Catholic yeah. in there as well. So. You know, with Hopkinton, the, the players to watch, so Jenna Wilworth is really their leader with 53 kills. Um, you know, Isabella Ansi and Mia Ardillo are also very good players. They've Their kill counts, I think, are in the 30s. And then um, Angie Grabmeyer is really good all around. She leads the team in assists. She's their setter, but she's also their best server, and she's second in blocks, so she can really play on the front line and, and handle her responsibilities uh, there. Uh, so it should be another really good match. You don't want to read too much into the regular season right. because Barnstable did sweep Newton North last year and then got swept in right. the state semis. But obviously, you know to to beat Red Raider, to beat Newton North, Dartmouth, which is an old Colony League match, and then Falmouth, who are playing very well this year. Right. I mean, they definitely are are riding a lot of momentum and would like to keep that up. Absolutely. I want to give a quick shout out to Sandwich too. You know, last week they rallied to beat Marshall three two after losing the first two sets. Um, they did the same. This is actually the second time that happened this mm-hmm. year. They did the same thing against Bishop Stang. So you know, kudos to Jenna Buttrick. She had five of her twenty-two kills in the final um, in the final set there. And then Sam Grossi, twenty-seven assists. So a lot of really good athletes on that team. Sandwich, you know, 
we still think Falmouth might be kind of one of the the, the favorites in the ACL there. Yeah, but Sandwich is certainly I really like made the a way case. Carolina Delinks is playing, and and they've got a couple other players who are also playing really well for the uh, Clippers there. So. Um, meanwhile, so we talk a lot about Barnstable because they are sort of the 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 most I don't know visible girls volleyball program on the Cape, but Bourne, who were the D three state runner ups last year, right. They're seven and zero, and mm-hmm. they're really, really playing extremely well. You know, they haven't, uh, they haven't lost a set, so they are looking very much like they want. They are just going to slot right back in yeah. and go back to the playoffs. And you know, we could see them again. You know, in November. Yeah, we talked about it. I used to last week or the week before. You know, the, the hard part about Bourne is they're just they're just a lot better than anybody else in that conference. Yes. So it makes it tougher to you know, like Barnstable, they have to schedule. What is it like? You know. 15 or 14, you know, non-league matches each year. Right. I'm sure Bourne would love to do that and get that showdown. Definitely. And I've always wanted Bourne Barnstable since given that the James sisters, Riley <laughs> and Tegan, are both from Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be kind of an interesting matchup there. But, you know, that, that, you got to play who is on your schedule. And, and Emma Fenton, yeah, like you have written here, 92 kills so far. Kaylee O'Connor, Cammie Mackinac, we seem to mention these these girls every yeah, week. Yeah, they're in the 50s already for kills. Right. You know the thing we were most worried about is is setting and defense because they their their seniors last year were Leah Heinfelter and Allie Hickey, uh, setter and uh, libero, but so far so good. Maddie Stuck has 170 digs and 43 aces, and Sarah Sullivan has 143 assists. So they seem to have filled both of those spots, and everybody else from that lineup last year is pretty much back. So Canalmen are looking pretty solid right, right now. Yeah. And, you know they're going to make clinch their playoff spot probably within a week and a half and mm-hmm. you know well they need what three more wins yeah basically ten, is it 10 or they play 22 maybe I, born I can't remember more. how many total it's usually between 18 yeah. and, and 22 but. as early as next week though you're right they could probably can't clinch their tournament spot already yeah. which is to, should surprise nobody yeah exactly should surprise nobody and then last quickly you know i wanted to mention Sturgis East for Sturgis west at huicc 6 30 p.m thursday you know I went there last year, and it's really a cool atmosphere oh, yeah. in that gym. You know, you get students from both sides, you know, banging on the upper part of the track yep. over there. It's a lot of noise. Sturgis used to put together another great season. West struggled a little bit, but West plays a tough schedule. I believe they played Falmouth, mm-hmm. and they haven't backed down on competition. But you know, kind of throw the records out a little bit because West, you know, they they did lose that game three nothing last year, but they made it close in a lot of those sets. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it it's just one of those. One of those matchups rivalry where the gym really gets packed, and you know, once a year you get to see that place really, really get loud. So. Oh yeah, during the basketball games in the winter too. Oh it yeah, it's really packed for those. You know, we'll switch it over. I think uh, to field hockey, we right. got a really, really big match coming up on Wednesday where it's a sandwich at DY, mm-hmm. which. Falmouth is playing pretty well, but that game may be the one. I'm I mean, sorry, you said sandwich is playing well. Well, the Wednesday sa- matchup sa- is sandwich and yes. I was D-Y. also going to mention Falmouth. Okay, all- sorry, I just wanted. To I was going sure somewhere the right with it. We're, we're good. <laughs> so Falmouth is also playing very well, but I think Sandwich Dy may, are right now. Right. I think are going to finish one two in in some order in the ACL standings. You've seen Dy. You've seen them pretty recently. I think both of us would say Dy is probably the favorite right now to win the ACL. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they could get all a lot better than last year, but they did. <laughs> and if you're the rest of not just the ACL, but if you're the rest of, you know, the Division Two South region, you're thinking, oh, my God, they have another McGaffigan yep. who might even be even better. You know, mm-hmm. Kayla McGaffigan got called up from JV this year. She's only a freshman, and she has the tie for the league, league in goals with eight. 
She ties teammate Abby Hicks, who, by the way, is a junior. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Lily Holmes, who's also a uh, also a junior. So, I mean, none of these players are seniors. So, whatever they do this year, I mean, it, it's going to be even better next year, assuming everyone sticks around. Um, but I was not expecting last week to see D.Y. shut out Falmouth with 5 to nothing. Yeah, you know, right. It was one nothing in the first half. Okay, this is going to be a close one. And then D.Y. off the bat, or it's like five penalty corners in five minutes in the second half. Before you know it, they're scoring one goal, and then another, then another, then another. And against a really good Falmouth team whose defense and goalie, Hannah Toby, has been really strong this mm-hmm. year. So, And D.Y. can really hang it up on teams this year. And it, it's really interesting to see Kayla McGaffigan, who, who even sprouted a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. She's not done growing, either. She's going to be a really tall player, too. Nice. You know, D.Y. Mm-hmm. has this habit of calling up players from right. JV either midway through a season or to start a season, and they always seem to find ways to contribute. Lily Holmes is a good example. Year, yeah. Avery Nardone is a good example. Uh, you know, on Sandwich's side, you know, their their last game against Falmouth was pretty good. They managed, They were down 1-0 late, and then Kylie Quinn scored in the final two minutes, and so Sandwich was able to, you know, save a point and, and salvage the 1-1 tie. Um I still think this is a really big test for Sandwich, and uh, you know, which was tied them tied uh, DY zero zero one time last year, but the other time they lost three zero. Mm-hmm. So this is Wednesday at uh, three p.m. Uh, three thirty p.m. at DY. It's going to be very tough for them. Yeah, I mean, I think best case scenario for Sandwich, you're looking to do what you did last year, or in that scoreless tie, get a point out of right. that game. And Barnstable did it earlier this year, and I'm sure they're going to be. Uh, and now, in fairness, you know, D.Y. turned around and then beat Barnstable pretty badly the yeah, other day. So. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, D.Y. has those games sometimes, and, and you just have to catch it at the right time. So, you know, big test. I'm sure they'll be keen on Macy White not letting her make plays. Definitely. But uh, goalie Sarah, Sarah Curry, right, mm-hmm. has been played really well for Sandwich so far, but this is going to be her toughest test yet. Probably going to see more penalty corners than she's ever seen Definitely. <laughs> before because, uh, I, again, D.Y. just does that to you. You know, you earn so many penalty corners, and Mary O'Connor, the head coach's attitude is like, well, we should have that many goals if you earn that many corners, yeah, just definitely. by a sure mathematical standpoint. So it uh, should be an interesting matchup. But, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if anybody could knock off D.Y. because they look back and better than ever. And another player I wanted to mention real quickly was Shelby Dunn. Yeah. who did a really good job in the midfield of mm-hmm. taking away your best weapon, not letting you get the ball even into the attacking end, and then just shuffling it off to either Nardone, McGaffigan, and those other players, Holmes, who were able to make plays. Definitely. And Dunn is a real veteran presence right. on that team. She's been on the varsity for, I want to say, at least th- at least since her sophomore I year. I would say she is honestly the main catalyst and the reason why that defense is so strong and doesn't mm-hmm. give up. I think they've given up maybe two goals this year or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So um, that'll do it, for, I think, for field hockey for now. I wanted to touch on soccer real quickly. Um, really impressive, a really peculiar week for the Sturgis West girls soccer team. You know, mm-hmm. They go and they lose against Nantucket 3-2, which shows, well, Nantucket might be in this race for the Cape and Islands League title too. But then they go back on the road and they beat Monomoy mm-hmm. with an impressive one nothing victory. So I guess we have another three-team race in our hands this Definitely. year for the Cape and Islands League title between Sturgis West, Monomoy, and Nantucket. Yeah, that goal that Kate Donahue scored for Sturgis West, that was only the second goal Josie Ganshaw, the Monomoy keeper, has given up this year. Right. So, you know... Yeah, I think it's going to come down to these three teams, and they're going to all, I think, play each other again one more time. So, you know, we'll see over the next kind of two weeks how the how these league standings match up. But right now, I don't see anybody else in the league really challenging right. them. So, what I like about West, though, and you mentioned this in your story, though, is the the, the 
variety of experience. Oh, yeah. You have senior captains like Claire Melly stepping in, but then you also have a freshman, Kate Donahue, stepping in, scoring arguably the biggest goal of the year yeah. so far. And yeah, it's her, Alexa Bound. Raquel Collins came close to a goal a couple of yeah. times in that game. Bell Lowers had a winning goal against Fountain yep. Academy this year. So, I mean, they're getting a lot of different contributions. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a kind of a recipe, as you also mentioned, the lottery system. You never really know yep. who you get coming in each year. And there's no feeder program, so it's really right. kind of you get lucky sometimes. But the idea that all these girls played together and that, when they were kids and now they're all playing together again for the Navigators is really cool. Right. Um, Ariana Sylvia, I have to give her another shout-out again, had a hat-trick against uh, DY, DY yeah. this past week and really continues to impress. Only a sophomore. You know, I expect the Clippers to keep rolling this year. They play at Nauset Wednesday. They're hosting Marshfield on Friday. And I think they can win those games. They can really start to put some distance mm-hmm. on the rest of the ACL. They got a key win last week against Sandwich, which was really impressive. You know, Falmouth kind of does a two-keeper um, strategy, Kiara Fury and Anya Thomas. But in this situation, he was actually going to stick with Fury because she was playing well mm-hmm. in the first half. She went down with an injury in the second half, and Anya Thomas had to step in cold and save a penalty kick on her mm-hmm. first play. Um, very interesting uh, scenario there, but really the value of having two experienced good goaltenders. Oh, yeah. You know, on the boys' side with the ACL, I mean, we've, we're pretty sure it's going to be Nossett, Nantucket. They're both really strong again. They're unbeaten. Nantucket still hasn't given up a goal, so maybe mm-hmm. shades of Nossett two years ago with them. Right. Um, you know, the one of the challenges, if there's any, that Nossett's going to face in the ACL may be coming from Sandwich, who's 5-1-1. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a big win over Falmouth on Friday. Um, Steve Tan, uh, Tangillig had a, a hat trick against Falmouth. Tom Hayes, really good. Johnny uh, Lorino, sorry, Lorino, right? Lorino, yeah, he's is really solid goaltender. So, you know, Alfredo Alvarenga, this is his fourth year as head coach. He's really made a lot of improvements with this team from when their first year. I think they only won six games. They won eleven the year after. They made the playoffs last year as well. And won a playoff game last year. Yeah. Upset playoff game last year. They're on pace for their best season in those four years. So he's really got them playing well. I don't know that I'm ready to say they can really challenge Nossett. I think Nossett's going to probably cruise to another ACL title. No, but you know what? Sandwich is really impressed this year. They had a 1-1 tie against Weymouth, which I mm-hmm. think opened some eyes across the ACL. And, you know, Coach John McCauley at Nossett's not going to overlook any team. You know, sure. he, he'll his team will come ready to play. But, yeah, that matchup is not this week. I believe next week the two teams yeah. meet in Sandwich. I didn't write that one down specifically, but really looking forward to that and seeing, you know, you know, is Sandwich at – Yeah, how good Sandwich can, really is. Can Sandwich at least, at the very least, give Nasset a run for their money or maybe play a scoreless tie against Nasset, you know? A tie against a team like Nasset is a win. No, oh, a tie against Nasset, it would be a huge accomplishment. But, you know, it, it's not just Tangley. It's really nice to see Tommy Hayes step in as well mm-hmm. and play well, but – not only Sandwich, I've been really impressed with the Vineyard so far. Two five and zero start for the yep. Vineyarders. These teams are, excuse me, the Vineyard and Nantucket are going to meet at the end of this week on Saturday at two thirty mm-hmm. on on the Vineyard. So I'm really excited to see that matchup. Hopefully, it's a battle of undefeated teams by then. Um, you know, it's interesting that you know this is the Vineyard's first year in the Cape and Islands League in right. every sport except football, where they're independent. Right and they are immediately suddenly the biggest challenge Nantucket has for winning another league title. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think maybe Sturgis East could be in the mix as well. They've outscored opponents 18-4, to and they're 4-1 on the season. But they've already lost to the Vineyarders once. Right. So, again, 
I agree, maybe is going to be the two island squads competing for the Cape and Islands league title. Right. You know, I'd love to hop over and see that game on the island, but, you know. If you want to get on the ferry, be fine. I don't yeah. do well <laughs> But, you know, but, it, but seriously, though, you know, you got some battles with some real great goal scorers. From Nantucket, Mario Reyes has been outstanding with mm-hmm. Sean Goldston. Both been really well. But the vineyard is countered with guys like uh, Luigi de Oliveira, Mateus Brito, Sam uh, Balbino, I'm mispronouncing these names, and Tim Wallace. Mm-hmm. All these guys have been really strong for the Vineyard. And, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I think the schedule is a little more favorable for the Vineyards this, vineyards this year, mm-hmm. playing some more teams they could beat. But, you know, and you mentioned both those teams have that advantage that they have a youth program. Sure. Nantucket Youth Soccer has been very solid oh, yeah. over the years, and they build a really strong program there. So I think that gives them an advantage over the Sturgises. Although East, like you said, though, has put together a pretty solid season. So Definitely. We'll wrap it up with golf. You were at the uh, Cape Cod National High S- Golf Club on Sunday for the high school invitational there. What did you kind of see out of that? Well, I mean, it, it's a real uh, touching tournament. You know, it, it started three years ago um, in honor of Sue Campbell, who, who died uh, three years ago of leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, right around uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, I believe. She, she, I believe she had three kids in the school system. You know, most recently, Will Campbell uh, as a sophomore who actually won the tournament last year, mm-hmm. real emotional scene there. So the the individual trophy is called the Sue Campbell Memorial Trophy. And as Coach Brian Hicks said, you know, she was a real reason Nossett was able to get the excitement and build up around that program. You know, her husband was the head golf pro at um, Cape Cod National, right, which is Brewster for people, who right? Don't know. Yeah, and and was really able to find kids who who could go out and go play golf, get them excited about it. She used to drive kids to the different courses because obviously none of these schools have golf courses right. specifically. They play it, you know, Cape Golf Courses. But she was a tremendous woman, and, and this Nosset yesterday had their best finish ever in this tournament, which brings down – so every year they bring down the, the three-division champions, which yep. this year was BC High. Um, I'm going to blank on this real quickly. It, division One, Division Two, Division Three. all right. the champions came down, plus other elite – Division one talent. Every teams. team that in it made one of the three state tournaments. Absolutely I believe, right, including so Nasset last year. The best of the best, and Nasset finished third yesterday <laughs> among those good. teams. Um, we had Will Campbell, who's a defending champ. He struggled at the end. He shot two bogeys to end it up. Finished with a seventy-six. But Miles Walther, senior captain, shoots a two over seventy-four. Was a even par thirty-six on the back nine. You know, just had a tremendous round and and got uh, Nasset in you know contention to 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 make a run for it. You know, at the end of the day. They got beaten by Boston College High School, which won the D1 title last year. Yep. Jack O'Donnell shot 72. That was the best score of the day. So he won medalist honors. But, you know, just it, it's nice to see a one-day tournament like that. They have tremendous weather, no wind, mm-hmm. a little chilly out there. But um, it was a real big preview, too, for a lot of these schools are going to see one another at the Division One tournament or yeah, the other yeah. state playoff tournaments. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a reunion, and, and to do it for a nice cause like this, um, you know, as a touching tribute, but great showing by Nosset. They have a nice showdown today against Sandwich mm-hmm. at Captain's Course. So two undefeated in the ACL going against uh, each other. That should be exciting. The last thing, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up with this kind of tangentially related to golf. So when I was doing some of my uh, like preview writing for this, the original slate of individuals because this year they expanded that tournament to include a few individuals from teams that weren't going to be in right, there. Yeah, two from Barstable yesterday. Barstable, yeah, they had a kid from Brookline, my alma mater. So mm. go Warriors. <laughs> anyway, originally Charlie Campbell was going to be in there too. He had to pull out. Now Charlie Campbell, we talked about a lot as a Nosset basketball player. He's the school. He was the school scoring leader uh, and was on pace to break the record for most points by a boys basketball player on the Cape, but. 
he transferred to the Canterbury School this year, uh, and so he is not going to be part of the Nosset Warriors anymore. I'm still looking into why exactly that happened, but I'm pretty sure it was to get better visibility for college basketball right. scouts. Canterbury, their boys' basketball team tweeted back in July that they'd gotten inquiries from Brown University about Campbell, mm. um, who at the time was playing with Middlesex Magic, which is his AAU team. Right. So whatever his reasons, we're not going to talk about basketball at length right now, but that is a huge, huge loss for the Warriors. He was probably the best all-around player in the ACL last year. It's an opportunity for Bobby Joy when basketball season starts up, but they are going to have to rethink a lot about how they play. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when their preseason starts in a couple of months, that's, I'm sure, going to be one of their major focuses is, is rebuilding the team without their most dynamic player. Well, you're seeing that a lot now, and, you know, this could very well happen to the two McGaffigan sisters from DY. You know, mm-hmm. if they get an offer to go to a prep school, not only – you know, is it a great opportunity, but you get that extra year too before college yeah. to play. And I think for Campbell's situation, I think if you have a potential to play for an Ivy League Division One school, you take that extra yeah, year I, because it can only help you grow even more. Definitely. And he is going to do another year there. They, they said he's class of 2020, so he'll repeat right. one year. Um, I believe Molly uh, Bent from Barnstable, who now plays for UConn, she, she had did the extra that exact year too. Yeah. She, yeah. So that, you know, that happens. It's ha- it has happened. It probably will continue to happen, and, but it is a big loss for the Warriors. Right. So that'll be just about it for the end of September. Yeah, I know we had a long show today, but uh, if you didn't happen to catch any of it, you can always go to our website, capecottimes.com slash capesportsnow. Um, you can also, I believe, go back to the Facebook page as well and, and check it out. Um, and I believe you can also download the, the show as well. Yeah, for uh, through the uh, podcast app for uh, Apple uh, and uh, Android products, yeah. Right. So if you need uh, to keep updated on any sports, we might have some rain coming in. So uh, stay tuned on the latest updates for us at uh, on Twitter at, uh, at SportsCCT. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Steve underscore Derderian. My last name is D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. And I'm um, at Matt Goisman, C-C-T, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. I'll just about wrap it up. Talk to you next week.